1: This episode of Random Mediocre Ranger Podcast is brought to you by EmpiricalDesigns.net. Our good friend Nick over at EmpiricalDesigns.net actually designed our logo along with helping us design our first run of t-shirts, which we still somehow have a few left. Maybe we'll raffle those out in the future, but if you guys need any graphic work design or any website remodeling or any design whatsoever, you go see Nick at Empirical Designs. He'll hook you up. He's a great guy, easy to work with, uh, so go over there. Crazy show today. Uh, preseason hockey, definitely talk to a Pittsburgh writer about uh, you know the upcoming season for the Pittsburgh Penguins, and will they three-peat? Hopefully not, because it's our year, right guys? And also, somehow Greg and I touch on uh, some political stuff and get pretty serious for a few minutes, along with touch on Netflix shows such as BoJack Horseman at the end, and along with American Vandal. Stay tuned, guys. Here we go. Bush Breakaway Heads, welcome to another week of the Blue Shirts Whoa. Breakaway coming out energized, jet lagging. Yeah, yelling at
2: people. Yeah, Jesus Christ. I've
1: been back in the United States for less than twenty well, a little more than twenty-four hours at this point. Uh I am your host, Ryan Mead. Greg, you are my other host, my uh-huh. partner in life, my partner yeah. in uh Ranger Fandom, I will say. Jesus. Uh you married? Mar- I guess we are married now. Hey, 2017. Oh. We had a uh, we had a mailbag last week. I'm I don't know what happened or if I, there was any nice responses for it, but it was a hell of a time when we did record it.
2: Um well, first of all, uh, when I said Blake Wheeler, I meant Brian Little and uh, he signed an extension with the Winnipeg Jets, so we can't get him anymore.
1: Oh. Okay, good. Got that out of the way. That's uh, been Ranger Blue Shirt's breakaway notes. Got that done with.
2: Uh, um, Uh, Well, no, no. I mean, we're going to talk about this more, but we also, I mean, for the last, what, 10 podcasts, we've been talking about how Alexei Baraglazov was going to make this team just because he had an outlaw. We have a
1: lot to talk about, but I was going to kind of preview that. But yeah. Sure. Yeah. uh, Yeah,
2: We'll we'll, save it. We'll save it. We'll We'll save it. We'll
1: save it. There was lots going on. Hey, hockey's back, Greg.
2: It's, oh my goodness! It's it's actually happening right now as we're talking.
1: Yeah, I was going to throw it on, but I, f- I kind of forgot to. I'm going to try to catch the recap if anyone knows. By the way, and I know that this may be illegal, so don't don't message me if it's illegal. But maybe do. But maybe do. The MSG does a Rangers in sixty, like a Rangers sixty deal, and I kind of like watching that after the game sometimes to get some highlights and whatever. You know,
2: if there's part in the morning at like eight o'clock.
1: Yeah, yeah, I know. Please. Maybe I should do that. Maybe I don't have a DVR. Maybe that's Ooh. maybe the the answer is get a DVR, Ryan, you asshole. Uh, no, how did,
2: don't even get a DVR. You specifically put it on early in the morning so when you wake up, you can watch it as you're getting ready for work. I just,
1: I just want to find an archive of the last games or at least like more highlights than NHL.com because I'd like to re- – I was away in Europe. Everyone knows that's sick of me talking about it at this point. Uh, and I would like to review some of the preseason games because I haven't really got to see it outside of the highlights. That's all. Uh, let's mm. talk about some pronunciation right away, huh? So on this podcast, as you know, we're very uh, – we're pronunciation guys, big big time, especially me. And uh we were t- we were calling Philip Hithel for a long time, and I liked hitthel hit h i t hithel. Uh, but apparently the, p- the correct pronunciation all of a sudden is now Hele He yep. Uh I do not like that that much. I know you cannot help me. Uh, but Hele just does not just not not work for me. i I like hit way more. but that's well here. Uh,
2: I make our friend a good friend of the pod, Jeff Belinsky. He gets really angry at me because he thinks I come up with uh, shitty nickname nicknames for players, and he's right. I do. Uh, I just call him Big Phil.
1: Big Phil. I actually like that.
2: Big Phil. F-I-L.
1: What is he going to be called? The Heat?
2: Is that going to happen? Uh, well, I think... Um, see, I don't know if I like the Heat. I, I like Heat-related puns. I, I haven't come too. up with the right one yet, though.
1: We'll brainstorm over the coming weeks and get that going. But he's kind of been the star of, of training camp slash the preseason, right? Uh, he's He had a bunch of question marks. You and I in this podcast trumpeted that he would probably not make the team at all. And now it's looking like, hey, he's got a strong chance to make well, this team.
2: Well, with Kiedel, the the first thing that we always talked about was he came in the camp hurt, and he didn't get to play a lot or at all in any of the Traverse City games, which it hurts when you're not able to do that. I mean, pun not intended. Hey. It, it definitely damages the kind of impression you can make because the coaches, they can't really see you in – game action, even though you're playing yeah, in inferior competition champions. against other like, prospects. I, Traverse City definitely helped Leas Anderson. Uh, and it would have, in my imagine, helped Phil Hedl. But it hasn't hurt him at all. Uh, he has come out gangbusters. Him and, I mean, honestly, the two most surprising and strongest performances so far this preseason have probably been Hedl and uh, Neil Peon. Both of them have opened eyes.
1: I would like to just give you a live update, because that's kind of what we do in this podcast. You know exactly when we're recording at all times. So it's like a live podcast. It's like you're here with us. The Rangers have just scored the first goal. It is nothing Rangers in a preseason game. And Rick Nash, a beardless babyface Rick Nash, has scored a beauty. And you know who's
2: playing on Rick Nash's line today? Fa- that would be Phil Heedle. Oh, I know. Uh, so that's he- the, Here's the other thing. Big Phil. Not only has Heedle no. looked amazing, but the Rangers have been pairing him with... Kucinavich, and that does things to me that I didn't know could be done.
1: Me either. I am uh, – I I love the idea of this kid becoming some sort of phen- you know, phenom. Now, I, I got suckered, Greg, today. I got suckered. Yeah. I went okay. and I looked into an NHL list. Now, we've talked oh, about right. lists on this podcast plenty of times before, right? Shouldn't how, they're have stup- done that. how they're stupid and we shouldn't go into them. Yep. The Rangers don't have a top 50 player. And that was – and I think that's wrong. Uh but I well, like who would you who would you put in there, McDonough? I put Shady and McDonough.
2: I don't know about Shaddy.
1: You think McDonough? Ah, uh, you think the
2: 50, Shady, 50 he, is both a big number and a small number. So 50, I mean, when you think about it, if you take the best player on every team, I guess not including Las Vegas, just because they're so new, take the best player on every team, that's 30 players right there. Right. And I don't know if Shattenkirk would be the best player on. Mm, Oh, not even Colorado.
1: Yeah, maybe you're right. Like, maybe they uh, have McKinnon. Fifty fifty is
2: fifty seems like a big number. It's a very small number. It's basically the top two players from every team, and you have teams like the Penguins that have, which we're going to talk about later. They have guys like Crosby, Malkin, and Kessel who are all in that top three. So you're eliminating teams right there just by putting those guys on the list
1: yeah right away that that does make sense it just bums me out so i, I just this the, the the big phil craze right now i'm riding it because i want this kid to be special i really do the,
2: the weird thing about heatle hype right is we're almost forgetting that anderson was the seventh overall pick and, and the hype has overtaken anderson which is crazy because one of these guys was a top 10 pick and one of these guys was quote-unquote a reach at number 21 just well, because he was so young
1: the reason why he was a reach is because well supposedly now and now every analyst continues to come out and say that this that big phil would have i'm gonna keep calling him a big phil by the way i'm loving this
2: uh you're that welcome big yeah, Th- i love how angry this is gonna make jeff
1: me too i love jeff hey jeffy hey jeffy uh i love that big big phil is gonna be a top 10 pick next year so we kind of maybe got me possibly got a diamond in the rough now guys it's preseason none of this fucking matters but he has looked really
2: good right And we do need to talk about, I wrote about this today, which you can read about. On our Patreon. On our Patreon. Fun plug. But soon, you can read about it somewhere else, and that's going to be fun. Stay tuned for that. That's called a tease in the industry. Um, It's only
1: something I've been talking about for two years.
2: So the big news today was JT Miller has been, while you were gone, Ryan, uh, JT Miller was moved to center. That was bad. He was moved to (laughs) center almost immediately after you got on an airplane to Switzerland. And in the time it took you to get back from Switzerland, he's already been moved back to wing which means the Rangers' third-line center opening has once again been quote-unquote an open race. But it's not really an open race. It's basically a two-man heat uh-huh, between uh-huh. Uh-huh. Anderson and Hedel because if there's a chance the Rangers break camp with both Anderson and Heedle, because Anderson can play nine games for the Rangers before his ELC kicks in in full. If the Rangers bring him on for nine games and then send him back to Sweden – his contract once again slides. Yep. That the NHL contracts are weird. I don't understand how that's a thing, but that's neither here nor there. So in theory, both these guys can break camp with the Rangers, and this quote-unquote competition could continue into the regular season. I don't really see how the Rangers directly benefit from that. Um, you have to remember that Jesper Foss is going to open the season on i on uh, the injured list. Injured list. They have to. They they're going to carry Matt Pumple as an extra forward. It, it seems. And I, I believe we're going to talk about him a little later. Vinny Lettieri is going to be this team's uh, a fourth line winger on this team. So those are two extra spots right there. Plus the Rangers right now have about 700 defensemen that they need to take care of, and they need to figure out what they're doing with Stall and Holden. Which again, we're going to get to. We have a lot to talk about. Um, but which, there are not. Which, a lot by of the things. way, is
1: a good thing because we've been talking about nothing.
2: Right. All of a sudden, information overload. Oh, because we missed a week. Even though we didn't miss a week, you had an episode last week. Celebrate. Hooray. Everybody, everybody's happy. Anyway, everybody. um, the interesting thing here is you can kind of see how the Rangers are hinting or at least tilting the scales in this one on one battle. Heedle, the last two games, tonight he's playing with Nash and Buchnevich. And the game before that, he played with Miller and Buchnevich. So. Meanwhile, at Anderson in those two games tonight, he's manning the fourth line with Fontaine and Pumple, which is fine because I actually like both font I love Fontaine. Pumple is fine, but I like that Anderson is playing with a guy who the Rangers consider an NHL player. I think that that does mean something. And the game before that Anderson was also on the bottom six line. So it kind of seems like the Rangers want Heetle to win because you don't just, if the Rangers were serious about Anderson getting, those middle six minutes in the regular season, Anderson would have to play with these same guys. They they would be testing Anderson with these guys in different situations. Now Anderson has obviously played on the penalty kill and the power play, but he's not getting the five on five time with what we would consider actual Rangers wingers. Whereas Hede,l I mean, it's not crazy to think Hede,l in the regular season at some point in time could be playing. I, I think he's definitely, if he makes the team, He's on the line with Bucinevich. I, I think A.V. is making that perfectly clear. But he's played with Miller. He's now played with Nash. These He's mixing and action guys he expects Heedle to possibly play with at some point in the regular season. And to me, that's why I think advantage Hedl right now, just because of who A.V. is deciding to play with him during game time situations in the preseason with only now after tonight one game to go.
1: I, I totally agree. It's weird that like this has happened so quickly. The fall the fall and I'm not gonna say the fall, like the the unfavoring of Leah Sanderson has, has happened so quick.
2: And can See, I, I don't I, I don't think it's unfavoring. I just think Av does when A V sees a shiny new toy, he it's hard to distract him from yum, one yum, thing. Yum he, yum
1: eat him up, my friend.
2: Yeah, he doesn't A V has never exactly been great at juggling two new toys. I mean we saw it last year. It's almost like he was so focused on VC that he kind of forgot about Buchnevich sometimes. Um, and I know, I know Buch was a little hurt and yada, yada, whatever, whatever. I just, it, it is a little, the, the crazy thing to me is the Heatle hype has been so fun. It's been so great. He's looked so good. We've all really forgotten that Leah Sanderson was the number seven pick in the draft last year. And I think the guy, the Rangers really wanted in the Derek Stepan trade.
1: Like, I, I, still it's, it was, it's I still think it was. incredible how
2: we've forgotten about
1: it. I still think it was pretty glass. Well, the, more, maybe, the more I think, but. I, I,
2: I don't, I don't the way the Rangers have talked about Anderson, it sounds like Anderson was the top of the board from the jump. I
1: just don't understand. I, I, the kid has time to develop. He's 18. Like, I'm not worried. Like, I, once these both these guys develop, I want these guys to be both centerpieces for this team going forward.
2: You know, oh, and fair being fair, Anderson, by all means, right now, is a more polished product than Philip Hedl. For sure. If, if you are going, if you want to enter the season with the player most prepared to play in the NHL, the Rangers, by all means, should be giving Leas Anderson more time than Philip Hedl. Hedl's Hiedel, upside is so tantalizing and he's looked so good that it's easy to get distracted by that. But if you, you know, dollars to donuts, Leas Anderson is more prepared to play a full 82-game NHL season than Philip Hedl is right now.
1: Absolutely. Uh, by the way, uh, the Rangers let up a goal in 4-4. Four, four, but Mark Stahl, the reason I bring this up is uh, Mark Stahl looks awful. Jesus
2: Christ. He might have gotten worse. Like, it, it's a realistic possibility. I know AV was saying that Stahl was playing for his job. I, uh, I, I, Stahl has definitely done nothing to warrant ice time this preseason. <laughs> and yet, it looks like the Rangers are going to give him ice time in the regular season. So that Stahl is fighting for a position shit is exactly that it was bullshit I'm, it it wasn't ever it, it wasn't it, ever any doubt
1: but this brings us to the next point of our of our good friend Minduluth uh Minduluth rather uh he has been excellent and been all, fantastic and now, you can make a case that
2: he's actually been the rangers best defenseman this preseason I
1: just don't understand how we're going to sit him and we're going to sit tony uh to play mark Stahl or hold it I
2: can't have st- hold Holden is it it's getting weird with Holden now because Holden has looked bad in the preseason. And healthy scratch tonight. It, yeah, well, I mean it's the preseason. Yeah. Uh, yeah I'm just throwing it out there. Right. But, but Steve camper is playing tonight. I don't expect him to necessarily make the team. Poor camper Um it it's just it's gotten weird because it, there's things that are the top four is the top four. We know exactly what it is. It's undebatable. It's not in any doubt anymore. Anthony D'Angelo has looked fantastic on the ice. I think he has solidified himself as the Rangers' number five defenseman. I think that's what they wanted all along, anyway. And I think they are very happy that D'Angelo is justifying that position. I there is no there's no reason why Peon should not be in the lineup on opening night. He's been the Rangers he's been the Rangers' best defenseman in the preseason, and you can really make a case. There's no I mean, there is no case to be made for Pionk to be anywhere but the opening night lineup. He's been better than Holden. He's been better than Stahl. And Graves, albeit he hasn't been given much of an opportunity this preseason, has been better than Graves too. Pionk should be in the top six. If the Rangers' goal is to put the best players on the ice on opening night, it is impossible to do that by excluding Neil Pionk. It seems like the which reason- is not something I was expecting in the preseason. I was not expecting Pion to look this good. No,
1: never. And w- well, let's talk to, about Bear, Bear, Bear Gloves. Let's call him Bear Gloves. Well, let's talk about Bear Gloves now. Like, sure, he didn't go back to Russia. We spent, well, you especially, uh, yeah. spent the last couple weeks trumpeting. There's no way he doesn't make the team, and now, well, here we are. He well, cut. here's the thing.
2: There, I mean, it's the New York Rangers, so we always work with very limited information, uh, I know um, we always will, by the way. There is there is no way the Rangers sent Bear Lazov to hartford without a guarantee from him that he wouldn't go back to russia i think i well first of all he only played in one preseason game he was in the second round of cuts so the rangers knew when training camp started that barry wasn't really in their plans because again look at some of the guys that were cut after him uh brandon cawley who crawley who looked great in the preseason made it longer than barry did camphor is still around graves is still here Um, A lot of guys you would think would get cut before Barak are here, which means in my mind, Alexi sat down with management and said, it's cool. I'm staying no matter what happens. If you think my development is better served in Hartford, let's do it. And that's great. I I am so curious to see if Sean Day stays in Hartford, what a pairing of Day and Barak Glazov would look like in the minor leagues with the right coaching staff that could be very fun and that could develop into something. Um,
1: which would be nice because we have nothing,
2: right? Well, actually, we have a lot defensively.
1: Well, yeah, I was sorry. talking about more of prospects, you know, right. at no. AHL so, level.
2: So you and I were working with half of the information, which is the Rangers wouldn't have made a roster move involving Barry Glazov if they didn't have a guarantee that he wasn't going back to Russia. The other half of that story is they're they're confident by sending him to Hartford, he's still not going to go back. So. Great. If they knew that, fantastic. All of this makes a lot more sense. The door has clearly been just sl- uh, just kicked in by Pionk anyway because he's looked so fantastic that even if Baraglazov had the clause and was threatening to go back to Russia, if you're the Rangers, you still have to think long and hard about keeping Pionk on the team because he is your, at worst, sixth best defenseman right now, which brings us back to Stahl and Holden. Stahl is not going anywhere. The only way Stahl is going somewhere is if you tell him to get the fuck out and even then he doesn't have to go anywhere because he's got no movement clause. Holden is starting to confuse me.
1: That's um, really starting to confuse me.
2: I, I, it's, it's to a point, And I said, I said this on Twitter where I have already accepted the fact that there was never a possibility of the Rangers not starting the season with both stall and Holden on the roster, which if that's the case, what the fuck was the point of this offseason?
1: I, I don't right? know. Like, w- why is he still here?
2: Like, yes, the Rangers' defense is categorically better. Addition by subtraction in Dan Girardi. They brought in Kevin Shatkirk, They brought back Brandon Smith. They've traded for Tony D'Angelo. They've done a lot of work to change the defense. And yet, the more it changes, the more it stays the same. Because even if if they're saying we're going to s- scratch and alternate Stahl and Holden, it's not the point. Because neither of them should be, should be playing over Neil Peon. It's that simple.
1: I just don't see how he's still here. I thought, you know, we're nine days away as the release of this episode uh, from the opening night. If Holden's playing, honest, I say, where does he play? He plays with Stahl, right? I mean, I, your lines I, I, I are... I do not...
2: The way Holden and Stahl are playing at the same time as if you're scratching D'Angelo. And I, I, I just... I, I have a hard enough time trying to come up with reasons for either demoting Neil Pionk or using him as a healthy scratch. Um, I have an even harder time to justify scratching Tony D'Angelo to get Holden in the lineup. Uh, I personally, I never understand why a team would carry eight defensemen because it doesn't, I, doesn't make you sense, rotate really. one guy in. I don't think you rotate two guys in like that. that the, the continuity from game to game doesn't really work that well for me. So yep. I'm a very much a only carry seven defenseman guy. And if the Rangers carry seven and they must have Stalin Holden, that means Pionk is back in Hartford, which just doesn't make any sense to me. And then to your point, you're opening up yourself to an opportunity where legitimate chance, Anthony D'Angelo is the seventh defenseman, which would just be mind boggling. It makes no sense. So I would, I would say at this moment, well, well, 728 on a Monday uh, legitimately terrified that Holden stall like we've joked about it, that Stall was going to be a top line yada yada. Legitimately terrified that Stall Holden is the Rangers' third pairing, and it, it should be D'Angelo Pionk.
1: I'm actually legitimately terrified also. And I said I would scream if it ever came to this point, and it's actually coming to this point. Uh, I, we will see next week. Uh, it is quickly approaching uh, as to what will happen here. But uh, I'm hoping we could somehow ship Holden out for something. To any team at this point, at this point,
2: honestly, I'm cool with just getting rid of him, cutting him like, yeah, because he's not better than Neil Pionk. Problem number one, you know, the Rangers are going to give Mark Stahl every opportunity before they give Neil, uh, Nick Holden. Problem number two, and honestly, again, Graves and Barrett Glazoff are a 40 minute drive away. Well, hour 40 minute drive, yeah, yeah, it's there's there are options defensively where and the salary for Holden. It's one more year at about a 1.6 hit. You, if you're going to cut them, you're going to cut them. I just, whatever you have to do to make sure, Holden and install cannot be roadblocks in front of Anthony D'Angelo and Neil Pionk. It's, it would be um, improper and unjustifiable, in my opinion, to do that. Just like transition, we talked about Vinny Lettieri. It would make no sense for this Ranger team to sign Andrew Desjard- uh, Desjardins or Bobby Farnham off their PTO onto the regular roster to start. De- the
1: Desjardins and Desharnais, uh my arch nemesis. Is-
2: yeah. Desjardins played three minutes against the Devils and then got a game misconduct for a blind hit on Miles Wood, which looked bad as it happened. And now he has a hearing with um, the NHL that will likely result in a suspension, which means he's not playing anymore this preseason which means the Rangers would be signing this guy to a contract after seeing him for three minutes, and he got a game misconduct conduct in those three minutes, that would be the most Elaine Vino thing hey, least, humanly imaginable. At
1: least Peary lit up the preseason, okay? At least he did that, and he got a contract. Right, and Piri
2: had a good, well, First of all, Peary had a guaranteed contract going into the preseason. Second of all, fair, fair, fair. Peary was good for the first six weeks of the season. He, right. he burnt out. Immediately after that, yes. But... Piri was useful for the Rangers at one point in time. Lettieri has been better than Piri looked last preseason. He's 22. He's energetic. He's a surprisingly good skater. And he's the kind of guy you want hungry on your fourth line to start the season. I'm not saying this guy is going to be with the Rangers all year. He's not. We're literally talking about about a one-month roster spot until Jesper Foss is completely healthy. Once Foss is back, Lettieri is out of a job because I think – Well, not out of a job. They'll send him back to Hartford because I just – when you have the roster control to move a player down on a two-way contract, you would. Even though I think Lettieri might be better than Matt Pumple, I totally understand the reason why you'd want to keep Pumple as your extra – Pumple's like sort of uh, a veteran. veteran.
1: He's he's above average player.
2: Sure. Sure. And at the same time, you 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 carry three extra skaters. You can keep Lettieri and Pumple around. Yeah, you can. And work them into your lineup.
1: And by the way, there should be plenty of nights when some guys need rest, especially, you know, not that this matters. i just using Mark Stahl as an example. I'm sure, you know, we could sit Rick Nash some nights. Um, and I'm sure, by the way, we're pretty prone to injuries, some of our players. So uh, that, that'll come in handy, too.
2: Yeah, and it, there's, there's nothing about Lettieri has experience playing center. You don't owe David Harnay anything. If Desjardins is struggling, you can bench him for a game and let Lettieri just shift him over to center. He's got that versatility. Right. I just it, it wouldn't make any sense for the Rangers. A team that quote unquote are rebuilding on the fly to give roster spots to veterans who can't cut it instead of Letier, who's 22 and Pionk, who's 23, perform. Part of rebuilding on the fly is giving young guys a chance. And they're on one hand, they're doing it, right? We are they're yeah. giving Anderson and Heedle all the opportunity in the world to grab the third-line center spot by the balls and run away with it. And yet, at the same exact time, they're not presenting the same options, or at least they're presenting roadblocks from the same options for Lettieri and Pionk.
1: Lettieri, so it make, it he's not the sense. same quality of, of, the, of Big Phil and, and Leas Anderson.
2: Like, no. I'm, not, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. Um, but I'm just saying it's, it's an awkward dichotomy if you're the Rangers. You can't, on one hand, say we're all about giving young guys a chance – and on the other hand, saying, except when it comes to Mark Stahl, Nick Holden. We got and to play
1: our guys, man. I can't have Mark Stahl, like, screw it on my future. If Mindulith ends up being some serious player for us, like, that doesn't have to be a serious player. He's not going to be a top-line defensive pairing. But if he's a quality third-line pairing defenseman, that's so valuable. It, it's, it's, it's not easy to find those guys.
2: I'm sorry. So, did you say Mark Stahl?
1: Yeah, what about Mark Stahl?
2: No, was that who you were talking about? I blacked out for a second.
1: You did black out. Yeah, I just was talking about Mark Stahl. You okay, everybody? Okay.
2: No, I couldn't take you seriously because fuck you. That wasn't even funny. What
1: what, what I what I mean? I, I just said we can't play Mark Stahl. I don't think I didn't make a joke. What are we talking about? No,
2: I thought you said you wanted to play him on a third line.
1: No, hey, I Perry. I just made a speech about how we can't play Mark Stahl, and I want no. I want I, have, to do it.
2: I don't have any idea what just happened. To me.
1: Okay, I'm I don't stop. know. Welcome back, my friend. Uh, I, I it's me, your your semi friend, Ryan. We do a semi-not successful podcast together. Hey, that's not nice. Oh, that's okay. We're all right now. You're back. better. Be, it better
2: be successful. I stay up for this
1: shit. Welcome back. All right, listen. Uh, let's move on to some sort of uh some touchy topics. You cool with that? Sure. Let's. Now that you've blacked out and woken up in, an, in another right. world,
2: we should we should remind people we do have an interview coming up. Uh, it's with Garrett Bihana of Pennsburg. We continued our. Preview of the Metro Division by doing the Pittsburgh Penguins, which is topical because now we're about to talk about something we didn't want to talk about with Garrett. We talked about it with him off the podcast. We didn't want to put him in a situation for him, who is literally just meeting us for the first time, to – we just didn't want to do it. It, 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 It's fine. We
1: what Greg is referring to is uh, is the presidential uh, tweet from over the week that was about – Uh, certain players in the NHL sitting and getting fired or kneeling and getting fired. And then, uh, and the NFL.
2: And then the penguins, as all this was happening, released a very tone deaf statement saying, we're not going to comment on any of this, but we are going to the white house. We want to talk about that. You guys know us. So you have a good idea about what we're about to say. I, I will say I, because I told Ryan about the Sabbath effect. I made the editorial decision where I did not want Garrett involved in this conversation because I don't know Garrett. It's not that Garrett disagrees with our political views. If he does, that's great. He has all the right in the world to do that. Um, It was more along the lines of this was a guy that I was literally talking to for the first time in my entire life today. And I felt it would have been inappropriate for me to put him on the hot seat like that for an audience he's unfamiliar with, already on a podcast for a team he doesn't follow. So all of those things into consideration, I, Greg, made the decision not to bring this up.
1: And I agree. This was this nothing Garrett true. did.
2: It's not like I This was I agree. nothing Garrett did. Garrett didn't say anything we disagreed with. I do not know Garrett's take on all this. We didn't get into it. I, we we, told, we, I had a we, did the,
1: we did the classic stick to sports in this, that whole interview. And we right?
2: actually did. But in this moment, we're not going to. We're going to talk about this because it's yeah, important.
1: It really is. Uh,
2: here's my take, Ryan.
1: Give me. I actually don't know your takes. So this See, should be fun.
2: The press release was very tone deaf. And I would say borderline inappropriate the correct way the penguins should have handled this is simple um they basically should have done what the warriors did now the warriors obviously it's a completely different animal because all of us kind of knew what the warriors were going to do when given the opportunity
1: yeah it's a whole different the thing penguins, the Warriors. the so. penguins
2: should have said this they should have said look we understand that right now there's um a lot of divisiveness in the conversation when it comes to politics and sports people have opinions on both sides People have good takes and bad takes on both sides. We are not going to make a blanket statement as a team. As an organization, we will present the option for our players to go to the White House. If the player wants to go to the White House, we will travel with them. What they shouldn't have said was what they said, which is we're all going. If someone doesn't want to give the, put it on the players. If you're an organization, you have to let your players speak for themselves. And we saw this today. Uh, Blake Wheeler got in front of the media uh, in Winnipeg and put all this out on the line. He's, he, he was not afraid to give his opinion. He was not afraid to say it like it was for him. If Sidney Crosby wants to go to the White House, that's, that's fine. I could disagree with it all I want. Let Sidney Crosby say he's going to the White House. If Evgeny Malkin wants to go to the White House, let him say it. I don't need a team to be like, no, we're all going. This is all great. We're going to pretend like everything is like it was with Obama and Bush and Clinton and Bush and so on and so forth. The world we live in now, I think teams need to just – I don't know if onus is the right word, but put it on the players. Let the players make the decision. Let the players come together. If all 25 of the Penguins got together and they made a group decision, all 25 of them, that they would go to the White House – let the players release a joint statement. I don't like that it came from the quote-unquote organization. You know what I mean? That was weird. Maybe, and, and you know what? Maybe, maybe we don't know everything. Maybe this is exactly what the Penguins did. Maybe Crosby, Kessel, and Malkin sat everybody down and said, look, guys, this is an honored tradition in our mind. This is something we have to do. We're going to go. But it and, was not presented and that I way. And it was presented them. at the wrong time.
1: I can't fault them for thinking that if that's their thoughts. But we don't know that. This was no. a terrible timing for them also because it was almost at the same time as the Steelers said, hey, we're not going to come out for the national anthem.
2: It was within the half hour. The Steelers said, we're staying in the locker room. Uh, and but, within but, a half hour, the Penguins said, to the cool, we're going to the White House. But to be fair to the Steelers, because
1: that could be uh, interpreted wrong, the Steelers said they were staying in the locker room because they were staying out of politics. They had wanted nothing to do with it. Uh, sure.
2: But it's almost one of those situations where they still did something. I agree. So it has to be perceived a certain way. If the if the Steelers didn't want to do something, they should have done nothing, which is go out for the anthem and like um, all. There were three teams that didn't go out for the anthem: Seahawks, Steelers, and Titans. The other 29 teams went out and they they put it in the players' hands because this is an individual issue. This is not a one team issue. If one team comes together and all. 56 players decide the exact same thing, more power to them. I'm willing to have that conversation. But 29 other teams um, decided to go out on the field and let the individual players make individual statements, which is great. I would also like to say my favorite part of all of this, players took a knee in London during the national anthem, but they stood for God save the Queen.
1: That was crazy, right? I thought that was really uh, actually oh, I, thought was, I thought it was hilarious. I,
2: I joked about it. I was like, I would love to see this happen. And then it happened. And I was like... Well, okay, I'm good. I don't care what happens the rest of this day.
1: I, I, it was a good football day, but really, it, it felt weird the whole time. Uh, it, I just something it felt did. off. Like, uh, I was in an airport in, uh, in Munich, and we were reading. Uh, I believe it was like eleven, like three a.m. your time, and I was with our good friend Vinny, who's been on this podcast, and we were reading all the NBA tweets that came out, and we we couldn't believe it. Like, we were like, we were dying because I I couldn't believe I was living in this world where the most popular athlete in the in- the entire world is that fair second third most popular athlete in the entire world where would you put lebron most james most popular non
2: soccer athlete i would say
1: yeah he's probably LeBron-, th- lebron james he's probably 3 though in the world right yeah.
2: i would say i would say soccer athletes are on their own planet but yeah i think it messi ronaldo lebron james
1: i agree and he just came out and was called the president a bum and yeah. uh straight up and it's already like the fifth or sixth most retweeted and liked tweet of all time uh, it's been out for like a couple days now, and it's gonna keep going. Here's uh, the other thing,
2: and look the the NBA. I don't think it's a surprise. It's a very liberal league, which does. is yeah. I, I, I and when I say liberal, I don't mean that in a derogatory term, like no, some yeah. people use it. It's just you know that's what it is. is. They're no, you know, Steve. I would say I would say baseball is a very conservative league.
1: It is. Well, Steve Kerr Steve Steve and Popovich have come out very strongly against President Trump.
2: Right, and so what, what Trump did was by specifically mentioning Stephen Curry, Stephen Curry is one of, I think, four VPs on the um, uh, NBA Players Union Board. Mm-hmm. LeBron is the president, um, not LeBron, Chris Paul is the president. Yep, he is. And he had, he had strong words. for That means something. When the president of a Players Association, because Chris Paul is not a dumb man. This is a guy that went to Wake Forest, very good school. He has been very smart with his words uh, in the media in the past. He is articulated, and he knows exactly what the fuck he's doing. So when Chris Paul says that as president of the Players Union, he knows he's speaking for a league when he does that. When LeBron James does it, he knows he's speaking for a brand. Carmelo Anthony, Kobe Bryant, Stephen Curry, these guys are smart enough to know when they say shit, it's not just saying it for themselves. They are saying it for a large audience of people.
1: I mean, Stephen Curry is like, he's, you know, Steph is an incredible player to watch. He's the problem, one of the most exciting players I've watched in any sport in my whole life. Uh, But he's bland, man. He's like a good Christian guy who loves his wife and his family. And he's the guy you're targeting? Probably not a great idea.
2: No. And see, here's the one thing. The one thing I really wanted, and I tweeted this out as well, was the – best way the Warriors could have handled their quote-unquote White House invitation when it was still there the team should have elected one person to go to like represent the team and it should have been JaVale McGee
1: yeah that would have been pretty great
2: it would have been amazing
1: Uh, it would have been
2: fantastic Uh, but yeah yeah, and look I know you guys come to us to talk about the Rangers and I know some people get angry when we just talk about the Mets Yeah. So I I understand what you're thinking. I just when you you turn to this podcast, you're expecting to hear Ranger talk, a penguin interview, and then we're going to talk about some some nonsense after that. But we're not sticking to sports because there's no such thing anymore. I just when the president when the president tweets about sports, it's not I'm not I don't have no one had to in the first place, but now it's actually on us to have this conversation with you. Yeah. Because that. that is America.
1: And we're trying to be as neutral as possible here, especially because, you know, it's, it's not – we've we've spilt our beads a little bit on this podcast before about how we feel. Uh, but we still try and stay away from politics in general. But now it's like it's really hard to ignore my feelings, especially when – by the way, we're so far from over with this whole fiasco. The NBA start, the season's going to start. If you don't think there's going to be more stuff happening during that, you're probably wrong. Um,
2: no. And, you, you know, Bruce Maxwell with the A's is taking a stand in the MLB, which I think is a massive deal. Because, again, that's no knock on the MLB. It's a very conservative league just in where the, how these guys are brought up and the financial environment they find themselves in, which is fine. Again, it's not that I disagree with everyone. If Sidney Crosby has reasons for why he wants to go to the White House, fine. Just yeah, tell me your White reasons. House. Go to the White House. I just... The way the Penguins presented that statement and the time in which they did it was extremely tone-deaf. Okay. Now, was it as bad as what NASCAR owners did? No, 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 no. Did you hear what NASCAR owners did? No, I would like to, though. Uh, NASCAR owners got together and said they would fire pit crew members if they decided to protest during the national anthem.
1: Wow. I just... so Here's I listen...
2: Let's talk about the anthem for a second. Yeah, let's Let's get into it. Let's talk about it. When is the last time This is going to be a deep
1: podcast now, so just in case everyone's wondering.
2: When is the last time you stood up for the national anthem when you were watching a game from the comfort of your own home? Never. The only time I can recall standing up for the national anthem uh, was the 2014 World Cup. I was at a very crowded bar for U.S. Portugal, and I absolutely stood up for the anthem... Because I thought it would be funny, and you know what? It was fucking hysterical.
1: I'm sure it was. You don't do it at home. You just do it. No, you do it. But what's the, what's the difference? There isn't really. I, I don't. I don't. I don't know. I, That's I ha- my thing. I read a lot of things today. Uh, I, I and I. I know some some military, and I, I have listened to some military stuff today. And, and pretty much everyone that was in the military said, listen, you know, we fought for those people's right to do whatever they want, even if, if we agree with it or not. Like, yeah, we, we don't agree with it, but we fought for their right to do that. And, and if, a
2: veteran, if a veteran says, um, I will always stand for the anthem and salute the flag because that is the flag I served for, I respect that.
1: I have no problem that, with that. Th- that.
2: That doesn't mean that I have to see the flag the same way. That's the whole point of the United States. The you whole, and I can have a different opinion of the same thing I will def- and not be persecuted for it.
1: Greg, I will defend you, you your right to say it forever. That's, I fucked that quote up entirely. I had it in the yeah, of my tongue, but I, I lost it. Uh, but that, that's the whole point. is I will, I will defend it to, to, my, to the death, your right to say it. So that's <laughs> the whole point of our country is to express yourself, have free speech, and you know, you know live your life the way you want to live it that's we we have religious freedom here we have political freedom and then it becomes the the two extremes the extremes are really what make it negative for us
2: yeah uh, and- if a friend if a mutual friend of ours came up to us and said i don't care what's going on in the country when i hear the anthem and i see the flag i'm going to stand up and take my hat off okay that's fine i may disagree but that is fine you are allowed to feel that way just like I am allowed to feel a different way if I so choose. A surprise. I, yeah. I might not. I might what? not. Next time I go to a sporting event, Wednesday, a Met game, I will I, – I don't know. I haven't thought about what I would do during the National Anthem. Honestly, you know what I'll do during the National Anthem? I'll probably be in line to get a beer. So yeah. I won't even know what's going on. I just – I don't see how this is
1: such a hard concept to grasp that our country is founded on the idea that – and I know we have a lot of foreign listeners, by the way. Uh, so hello and welcome to our politics. But uh, we're founded on the idea of like, you know, do what you want to do within reason. Don't kill anybody. Don't don't break any laws or crimes. But, you know, practice living the way you, you – life you want to live. And if this is – if you – it's a peaceful protest. It's very peaceful. Uh, it, it is minorly uh, – you could make a case that's disrespectful. But even when you make that case, uh, you know, they have the right to do it. And that's it.
2: We live in a world now where it's very easy for you to go online and avoid any kind of content that would disagree with your opinion. You can log onto the internet and specifically narrow your searches for stuff that you would only agree with. And if you want to live in that bubble, I I can't help you. I can't help you. I can try and help you get out of it. But if, if you're dead set on living in that bubble, then that's the bubble you're going to live in. And I think. On both sides, people live in this bubble. I think, you know, there are people who see the flag as a symbol that you should respect, and that's it. Nothing. Stand up. Take your hat off. Do your thing. That's it. There's no conversation. That is what the flag is, and that's the only way they're going to see it. And at the same time, there are other people, regardless of if we agree with their opinion or not, that see the flag as merely an object, and you can interpret it any way they are, that are failing to connect the dots to try and understand why someone may disagree with that opinion. The whole thing about this conversation is there's no black and white. It's fucking gray. Everything's
1: gray, by the way. Everything.
2: Everything. Yes. Everything. There is no, there is no, I feel right, like there we're being no totally wrong. reasonable. Like I don't, <laughs> it's. And you know what? We're going to get yelled at for this. I know. We I, are. know I
1: know. We but
2: are. here's the thing the people are going into this, People are treating it like a debate where there must be a right answer at the end of the there, test. There's, there's not isn't a right answer. No, there are things we can all agree on, but that doesn't mean there's a clear right answer.
1: Yeah. We all agree. Murder is bad. Well, do we all agree? I don't know.
2: Uh, we, we should. I mean, we should all agree that white right, White supremacy is bad, but we don't. Right. So I don't know. I, I, there's a lot. This of- is going to be my last nice point, right? There's nothing in my, in this world. I, I have made no bones about it. If someone asks me, I tell them that I am Jewish. I don't hide it. I'm not practicing anymore. Uh, the thing that triggers me the most is when someone pinpoints someone for saying something and then just makes it about religion. That's the, w- w- how. How did we get there? Yeah. It doesn't make any sense to me. I don't know how we got that there. Kind of, that kind of bigotry is unacceptable to me. And if I if I see anyone anywhere doing it, I'm going to go after them. It's really that simple. I will call a spade a spade. It's and a, in this con, in concept is a neo-Nazi. It is, that's exactly what that shit is.
1: It is a, it's a weird world we live in, my friend. It's a weird, scary it, world. And it's going to be...
2: This is like the... We've recorded some 100-plus episodes of this podcast. This is like the 97th strictly dedicated, quote-unquote, to yep. the Ranger. Yep. Did you ever expect when we started this shit that we would have to talk about this?
1: No, I think we did uh, very briefly after the election. We talked about it for five minutes, and we were pretty standoffish on it uh we've hit on politics maybe three or four times and again we've been like let's move on uh we both are not trump dudes that's okay uh but at the same time i think we're pretty reasonable guys when it comes Mm -hmm. down to it i think we use logic uh in some cases uh to to figure out situations but no i would have never uh i have to talk about this right now and it feels weird because I'll get into my personal life for just, like, a brief second, like, very quickly. Uh, the president of the United States, like, is supposed to help unite a country. And what happened through a social media website with our current president uh, divided people in my life very quickly. I got picked up from the airport from Europe by my mother, and uh, we proceeded to have a sort of a fight about it. Um about the, the, the whole Neil stand sit deal. And I had my opinions and she had hers, but it's ridiculous that I'm biting with my mom who doesn't give a shit about sports, by the way, doesn't even know like, what happens in hockey or football or anything about this Neil sit thing. And is I, I, I can't, we're just fighting with each other for no reason. Uh, it's just happening. A tweet that a president sent out about a football players that need to be fired was causing my mother and I who have a fantastic relationship uh to fight, and I think when I really look about that look back at that it 's just i I can't believe that we live in that kind of world It's very strange
2: i will i'm gonna i'm gonna bring this up one more time, and then this is going to be my effort to move us on because okay. we, you and I can talk about this forever yeah again we we talked we we did a great interview Garrett Bihanna uh was very kind with his time. he came on, he talked to us about the penguins. he was nice enough to stand are bad Sidney Crosby's a bitch jokes, and I respect him for that. It is a shame that when I reached out to a Penguins writer to talk hockey, that I felt the need to have the conversation I had with Garrett about this. I, again, this is, I hate that the world we live in now, I needed to have a conversation with someone I haven't met about something I don't know his opinions on. Right because i had to like there there's no way around it we would have been it would have been irresponsible of us not to bring this up both between you and i and with garrett if the conversation didn't happen beforehand so the fact that it needed to happen is a problem like it shouldn't have needed to happen because it shouldn't have needed to be a thing but this is the world we live in it's a thing i needed to have a conversation with a guy who I've read some of his stuff on SB Nation. He's very articulated. Um, he knows a shit ton about hockey. And you'll hear that coming up? He, you're going to hear it coming up. I hate that before he and I could even talk hockey, we need to talk about what's going on with the Trump administration and people visiting the White House and sports. And meanwhile, we're having this conversation. We haven't once brought up the fact that, thank God, your roommate Luis, a native of Puerto Rico. Yeah. His family is fine, but it took him weeks to get in contact with his dad. Yeah, um, this is a country that is going to be without power possibly for months. Six months. They have received the they have received zero aid from the United States. By the so way, everyone aid? that lives in Puerto Rico is a United States citizen. They are as much American as anyone in Houston or Florida. Um, and we're stuck talking about taking a knee during the national anthem. Some of that is on us. Um, I saw people pointing how Trump had a media gaggle yesterday in one of the gardens outside the White House, and people are pointing out, well, he didn't say anything about Puerto Rico. Yeah, but he also wasn't asked the question about Puerto Rico. That's part of the problem. Like, as a member of the media, you have to turn the camera around on yourself a little bit and can't just say, well, what is he doing? Trump is only going to answer the questions you ask him. Got to ask him the question. If he doesn't answer it when you ask him, then it's on him. But if you're going to have 20 minutes with the president and all you want to talk about is Ray Lewis going down on both knees or Shad Khan standing side by side by his players, that's what he's going to talk about. you got to ask him about other things. Puerto Rico is –
1: That's the most important thing right now. Other than –
2: It should be the only thing right now.
1: Well, there's one more thing, but we're not going to talk about that. But yeah.
2: Uh, it, or uh, what, healthcare,
1: healthcare, healthcare. But you know,
2: it seems like it's dead. Uh we'll see. But for God, I hope so.
1: God, I hope so too. But uh, I also, the, it's not like what I have currently is amazing either. So I do want to say, you know, thank you for listening to us during this this weird time. Uh this we don't really get like this often. I know this is really like kind of solemn for us. We're usually pretty, I don't know, assholes. We're assholes a lot of the time. hundred uh, uh, percent of the time. Yeah, I get that and uh i just felt like this was something we have we have this mini platform guys there's not a lot of us all it's all six of our listeners uh and our discord members uh you know i this is something we wanted to get off our chest
2: and And you know what if you disagree with us that's fine that's great have the conversation with us what i don't want to see are mentions in my timeline about us being? You know, now you're getting you them. Can call us, you can call us assholes because oh, again, we sure are. Yeah, we.
1: But call space, space. If
2: you disagree with anything we're saying in this block of the podcast, engage us in conversation. We're not going to shut you down. We look. I've there have been people on Twitter that like to poke and prod me about the Mets, and I know I get super defensive about it. But we have the conversation. I grip my teeth through it. We get there, and at the end of the day, if we disagree, that's fine. We're supposed to. It's sports. Yeah, it's sports. I have an You're supposed you have to argue an and be
1: assholes in sports.
2: Guys, that's the fun right. part. If you disagree with my stance or Ryan's stance, you know where to find us on Twitter. and You know where to find us on Reddit.
1: And by you the way, us on
2: Facebook. our stance is,
1: just to refresh everybody, everyone has their own opinion, and that's fine.
2: <laughs> that's our stance. But I'm just saying, if you guys want to talk about this with us, you can agree or disagree. We would love to talk to you about it. I just don't want to see... Anything like, shut the fuck up. This you, isn't your spot. You, stick you, to sports. You, that shit's dead.
1: You filthy still, Yeah.
2: Stick to sports is dead. Man, we would love to stick to sports. We, and we, we did a great job more.
1: for two years, by the way. We did a little bit. We touched on it, but we
2: very tight. Uh, I mean, I think most of our political talk before has centered around the fact that I lost $200 on the presidential election. That's fair. I think every conversation we've brought up about politics is centered around that.
1: I think one we, time we threw a, a, a Trump jab, but that's fine.
2: Sure. It would be fine. We would love to stick to sports. There's nothing more in this world that we would love. We don't live in that world anymore. This is the world we live in. And that look, part of the reason we wanted we would have brought this up anyway. It just so happened that this week we were talking with the Penguins writer. Which is the penguin stuff happened. It was the biggest coincidence in the world. I've been trying to get this trying to get someone from Pennsburg on for three weeks, and this was just the week it worked. And honestly, the interview was set up on Friday. So the interview was even set up before the shit happened. The first time I talked with the senior editor for Pennsburg, he got me in contact with Garrett. We exchanged information. This was set up on Friday. And then the things happened. And we felt the need to talk about it. We are talking about it. We're going to keep talking about it. But we very much want to get to Garrett because he's one smart motherfucker. Yeah. He's What's a good on? guy. We'll get back to hockey. Some-
1: yeah. So here's the rest of the, the – this is actually – this went long because somehow we got to that tirade. Uh, but we're going to go go to Garrett. We're going to come back. Greg and I are going to talk uh, some a Netflix series called American Vandal very quickly. Uh, we're going to call it a week. We have a lot in store for you guys coming this season. God damn it, we have a lot. And I hope you And stay. if you
2: think this episode's long, just wait until next week when we're actually doing our season preview. There are going to be people on, people that we like. There are going to be multiple guests. By the way, Ryan, there are going to be multiple guests. Oh. Um. Yeah, no, we're blowing next week out of the water. Also, next week is going to be very well, long.
1: And just to say this right now, I guess two episodes later from that is our official 100th episode. So that'll be something too.
2: And just like Game of Thrones, the penultimate, always better than the finale.
1: The 99, the Gretzky episode, my friend. All right, let's the move on. The great one. I guess that's what we're calling 99 now, the great one. All right, let's let's uh, let's move on to Garrett. Thanks for listening to our rant. Love you guys. Transition. And we're back with Garrett Bahana of Pensburg. Uh, we Been doing a Metro Series preview here, and uh, that continues now with the Stanley Cup champions, the Pittsburgh Penguins. Garrett, say hello.
3: Hello to every Rangers fan who probably despises everything that I do because I am a Penguins fan.
1: That is absolutely factually correct. Uh, Actually, before you got on the podcast, I was saying how I was going to tell you I hate you because you've won back-to-back cups, and if I just could just win one, that would be lovely. Uh, But yet, here we are
2: yeah see, my whole thing is i it's it's not even like I hate the penguins or their fans. It's just maybe I hate the flyers too much to really hate anything else. maybe maybe my hate is so consumed in one team. it's I just don't have the ability to spread the love.
3: There's some common ground there. I think we we both must have that equal hate for the flyers, yeah, like with me with me and the penguins, it's it's kind of I, I, I mean,
2: if we're being honest, there's definitely some jealousy just once I would like to know what it's like to win a cup. it's It's more of, I don't like Penguin fans that look. We all know Sidney Crosby is one of the top three players in the NHL. No one's here to debate it. It's just, you know, he does some stuff wrong, and it's okay to point out when he does some stuff wrong.
1: It's okay. a bit of a dick. It's okay to say he's a little, you know, he's a little bit he's out a, there.
2: He's a, no, we can say it. he's a bitch. He's a little bitch. You know? Sidney Crosby's a bitch.
3: <laughs> no, tell us and how um, you really you feel. Know what? <laughs> The, the the Crosby is a crybaby cry narrative has been going on pro- probably since the day that he came into the league and it's just something that i've just forced into the back of my mind ever since then it's it, it, it just you know you know it really it makes me feel really good when i hear someone say Crosby is a crybaby on the inside it makes me feel warm and fuzzy knowing that Crosby is here winning Stanley Cups for the penguins See, my whole thing is
2: obviously I would love Sidney Crosby on the Rangers, and I would be his number one defender if he was a Ranger. But that, but since he's not and never will be, I, I can call it like it is. I'm, I'm an, uh, I'm an unbiased opinion over here.
1: Yeah, we're totally unbiased. We have, you know, we don't even play guys. Exactly.
3: No, I completely agree. <laughs> totally unbiased.
2: All right. Well, let's let's get into it. Uh, the off season for the Penguins very different from the off season for the Rangers. The Rangers were kind of rebuilding on the fly. The Penguins, you made some moves. Most notably, Flarry is gone. But for the most part, the core hasn't changed. And this core is now the two-time
3: defending Stanley Cup champions. Yeah, uh, you pretty much hit the nail right on the head when describing what the, the polar opposites of what the Rangers and Penguins have done in terms of offseason transactions and acquisitions like that. Um, I, I think the biggest free agent acquisition you could make an argument for a backup goaltender like Antti Niemi or or the defender that they signed from the Toronto Maple Leafs, I believe it was, Matt Hunwick. But other than that, you, you really you hit the nail on the head. So that core is intact, and I, I'm a firm believer that without this core, none of this would have happened without uh, Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, now the, the young goaltender and Matt Murray, and what was the experienced veteran and Marc-Andre Fleury. They did have uh, the the defenseman in Chris Letang. Obviously, he went down with an injury right before the postseason started. They missed him throughout the entire postseason run. But they were able to fight through that, to my surprise, because I I thought Chris Letang's presence would have been irreplaceable on the blue line. But they fought through it valiantly and was able to get another Stanley Cup.
1: Unfortunate. For sure. Uh, I have a question. How do you guys take all these AHLers and just turn them into like magical defensemen that can suddenly play for a playoff series?
3: It, it, it's it, I, I don't have a concrete answer for that as much as I would want to. it It's incredible because w- when Crystal Tang went down, they had Veteran and Ron Hainsey step up and play with Brian Dumoulin on that top pairing. And when when i would see the lineup every night announced for before the playoff game even started i I would kind of shake my head a little bit because i I, I felt like the defensive core specifically was lacking something that that offensive presence and i was taken aback just how much chemistry that the, the little i guess you could call it plug and play defenders and even if you want to look on the offensive side uh, guys like Connor Sheary and, and Brian Rust, all of these, all of these really unknown forward, all unknown forwards and defensemen, all of these unknown prospects coming really from out of nowhere into, uh, I, I guess you would call it semi prominence. But at the same time, I, I look at it kind of like a double edged sword. It doesn't always hurt when you're when you're playing with a center like Evgeny Malkin or Sidney Crosby.
1: Oh, doesn't it hurt when you're playing with three of the best 10 players in the NHL? Wow, that's crazy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it, 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 really, it really
3: is ridiculous. I can't, I, yeah, I can't tell you that.
1: Yeah, you, you guys run an all-star pretty much on your top three lines. Man, it seems to work out pretty well to your back-to-back cups.
3: Yeah, and I think even though they are generational-type players, they are superstars. And from a Penguins fan's perspective, it's fantastic to watch on a nightly basis, knowing that you can have confidence Going into any game, what what it may be, what, whatever lies ahead, whatever challenges lie ahead, you know you have someone like a Crosby or a Malkin, and the, these players can sometimes literally shift the tone of an entire game with their presence on the ice.
2: Yeah, it must be nice. Uh, speaking of speaking <laughs> of players with Penguin legacies, I I know it. You have Matt Murray; he's clearly better than Mark Andre Flair at this point in time, but. Mark Andre Fleury was a bit of a legacy in Pittsburgh. What's it going to be like with him gone and him basically being the face of a franchise in Las Vegas?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think I, I was looking at some of the some of Mark Andre Fleury's stats before I came on the show, and w- with over three hundred with over three hundred seventy wins in a Penguins uniform, spending his entire thirteen year ten tenure here as a Pittsburgh Penguin, it, it really is a, a legacy. That cannot and will not ever be replaced. And now going on to Vegas, and I guess you're right, he, he is really the face of that new expansion franchise. I, I personally was disappointed to see Marc Andre Fleury go, even though I think every Penguin fan knew in the back of their mind it, it wasn't a matter of if, it was just a matter of when. And I, I guess. As a Penguins fan, again, we're, we're, we're kind of spoiled with all these riches that we have. We, we, we can let an experienced veteran Stanley Cup winning goaltender like Marc-Andre Fleury go and, and bring in Matt Murray, who really came out of nowhere, exploded on the scene in the AHL, and came right up here and won back-to-back Stanley Cup championships. It really is this incredible group of, of incredibly talented players that Pittsburgh is lucky to have.
2: We rip on Sidney Crosby all the time, but Ryan and I, it's no question that Phil Kessel is one of our favorite players in the NHL, and we both very lovingly call him Fat Phil. He is the perfect mix of supremely talented and don't give a fuckery. What's it like watching someone like Kessel play every night?
3: You described Kessel's presence on the ice perfectly. his, his release, I mean, he's never, I don't think he's ever been known for his slapshot ability. It's always been the quick release of the rift shot, and that's how he's made his living. But you described him perfectly. Getting to watch him on a nightly basis and focus on him specifically, it's hilarious because, you know, I'd say eight to nine times out of ten, they're, they're, they're mucking and grinding, for lack of a better for lack of a better term, in the corner, and the corner's trying to get that puck out. And then the, there's Phil just slowly behind the play, not, not really engaging in any of the real hard physical uh, physical uh, play for that some of the other maybe bottom six forwards would engage in. But it, it, it's it's just hilarious to watch if you single him out. But that the the combination of the – the speed and the skill and the wicked shot of Phil Kessel is, is again, something incredible to watch as a penguin fan.
2: And obviously, all the hockey fans, especially Ranger fans, we all know about Murray. We all know about Crosby, Malkin, and Kessel. We even know about Latang. And I think last year all of us were introduced to Jake Gunsell. Is there a player on the Penguins this year that the casual Ranger fan doesn't know that we should be worried about?
3: I, I think there is. And I believe he will make I believe he will make the big roster out of training camp and preseason. And that is left winger Zach Aston Reese. And I, if if you'll be watching, uh, when the Penguins do play the Rangers throughout the season, he presumably will be slotted next to Evgeny Malkin on the left wing. The, the Penguins have been looking for a, a left wing for Evgeny Malkin for a, a really quite a long time now that he has played with uh, Phil Kessel and Brian Rust on the right side but nothing really to equal out uh the line as a whole. And with, with Sidney Crosby on the top line, you know, he has Jake Gensel on his left and Connor Sheary on his right, and they can, they can sort of uh, go back and forth between wing. But I, I think Zach aston reese who the Penguins just signed, uh, I, bo- I don't believe it was this offseason, possibly last offseason, but I believe he will make the team out of, out of training camp and preseason and hopefully become another one of these stories of one of these unknown players who, again, gets the luxury of slotting next to Evgeny Malkin on a nightly basis. But at the same time, he's trying to make a name for himself and become a, a prominent NHL star in his own right.
2: Man, you could do worse than playing next to Evgeny Malkin every night, I suppose. Is there a move you wish the Penguins made this offseason? Th- again, the core hasn't uh, changed. So it's not exactly like this team has a huge weakness to address. But is there a specific move you wish the Penguins did that – I don't know, makes them a Stanley Cup favorite, even though they already are?
3: Yeah, uh, the core hasn't changed, and that in large part is what's what, is what's going to get them, most likely, unless a, a catastrophe happens with a lot of major injuries, that's probably going to get them into the postseason again. Uh, but one of the big talking points for the Penguins in this offseason was the lack of a third-line center. And... That role has uh, uh, predominantly been handled by Nick Bonino, and it was one of the reasons why that famed HBK line became such a massive hit during the first Stanley Cup run two years ago. And Bonino offered a a good mix of penalty kill ability, uh, face-off winning, and every now and again he he would sprinkle in a a nice goal, possibly a game-winning, a clutch game-winning goal, But that presence is gone. As of right now, as it stands, the Penguins are are still searching for that, for that third line center role to really anchor the bottom six that they don't have. And uh, the general manager, Jim Rutherford, has come out and said multiple times that they have been constantly looking at the free agent market and it's more than likely going to be a trade either before the season starts or somewhere down the line in the regular season that they acquire someone to bolster that third line center position and, and bolster that bottom six, uh, bottom six forward.
1: Well, you're not the only team doing that by the way. So, uh, we're also suffering that, uh, third line center, uh, search at this point in time. We just happen to have our draft picks fighting for it. So, We'll be right there with you. You know, we're really enjoying the same pains, both fighting for the Stanley Cup, a, a, a tortured fan base. Uh, very similar teams.
3: It, you know, it, it, would be, it would be normal of a Penguin fan to come on a, a Rangers podcast and simply bash the Rangers and, and, and say to, to everyone that Henrik Lundqvist has lost a step and he's mm-hmm. overrated now at this stage of mm-hmm. his career. But I, I was looking at, at the depth chart of the Rangers before I came on. Oh, okay. Um, it, it looks to me that they revamped, specifically they revamped their entire defense, signing oh. Kevin Shattenkirk and um, b- really bolstering that defense. I think the defense is going to be uh, quite an issue for whenever they match up with the Penguins, to be honest with you. I don't think Kevin Shattenkirk is as overrated as people may make him out to be. I, I know he didn't have the greatest postseason run uh, with the Capitals, obviously the Penguins thankfully eliminating the Capitals uh, in the last two Stanley Cup winning runs. But I think the defense will be a major point for the Rangers this season uh, heading into the regular season. I was not expecting you to say nice things. I did expect uh, it either. Thank you Thank you so
1: much, yes. <laughs> uh, we don't exactly our, – our defense is much better this year. Uh, our, it's really where our coach figured that out for himself. We're not sure. No. So uh, I actually want to well, ask you sort of how you feel about the Metro in general. Like which teams are are you most scared of as, you know, probably the Stanley Cup favorite, right?
3: Looking specifically at Washington. You you always think Washington remains the Penguins biggest rival in the in the Metro Division and this this offseason in particular, I think the Washington has started to feel the effect of some of the uh, some of the contracts that they've handed out over the last couple of offseasons signing a lot of veteran players to incredibly long-term deals. And now I, I think the, the Capitals are slowly starting to see what negative effect that may have on the team because they've had to let a couple of, uh, a couple of guys go, and now they're, they're kind of strapped in salary cap hell, I guess you could call it. I, the, the Capitals, I think, will remain the biggest threat to the Penguins, and the Metropolitan, but by, make no mistake, the Rangers, I think, are, are certainly up there, and I think they are an improved team from last season. Are
2: you I'm a, curious about – I'm oh, sorry, Ryan. I'm curious about your relationship with the Capitals because Ryan and I talk about this a lot, where we both know the Capitals are a better team than the Rangers, but we're just never really intimidated by them because something always happens to them in the playoffs. So it's kind of like a big brother, little brother thing with Ranger fans and the Capitals where – whenever it doesn't matter who the Rangers put on the ice, I'm going to have confidence. The Rangers can beat the capitals in the playoffs. Is that similar for you as a penguin fan? Do you, do you guys hate the capitals or is it kind of just like, well, that's the team we're going to beat on our way to another Stanley cup
3: run. I think looking at what the the capitals have accomplished during, I guess you could say the last two to three regular seasons, I believe they won the President's Trophy, if not last year, than the year before. Last year. So it's no secret that they have incredible regular season success. But I'm not going to sit here and, and say that, oh, the, the Rangers are just going to be one super easy cakewalk just because the, the Penguins get to face them again in the second round. I, I, every time we would go into the Washington series, it, it would always be a knockout, drag out kind of brawl. And during the first Stanley Cup run, they took the series to uh, seven games, I believe. Last season, last uh, the last Stanley Cup run, I believe it took the series to six games, if I'm not mistaken. But every game you watch against the Capitals, specifically in a playoff series, I don't, I, I never take as a cakewalk because they have Alex Ovechkin and they have Braden Pulpy. I, I think as long as they have those two players, they have a decent enough chance to uh, not squeak out a win. I think they're a better team than that than squeaking out wins. But they certainly have enough talent around them to where they could take a series. But it, it just hasn't been the case for the Capitals the last couple of years. And you can read articles in the offseason about how the, the the Penguins specifically are in the Capitals' heads, and they're still not over the, the, the dramatic playoff losses that they've suffered over the last couple of years with the second-round exits. But I, I will never, for as long as Alex Ovechkin is on that team, ever probably take the Capitals for an easy cakewalk playoff series victory.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I just Whenever I see them in the playoffs, the Rangers have gone to seven games with them multiple times as well. It's just I've never once in my life been afraid of the Capitals for whatever reason. I've been terrified of the Penguins. I would pay millions of dollars to never have to play the Penguins in a playoff series again. But the Capitals, I see them on the schedule during the regular season. I'm like, we're probably not winning that game. I see them
3: on the schedule coming up in the playoffs. I'm feeling pretty good. I'll be perfectly honest. That that mindset is something that I should probably I should probably carry myself because I mean the Penguins it's no secret the Penguins have had the Capitals number over the last however many seasons that they've placed they've faced them and knocked them out in the postseason I I, I just I don't know maybe I'm putting a little bit too much stock into what Alex Ovechkin and and Braden Holtby and the rest of the Capitals can do I, it, it's just. Something, something weird. Maybe it's the rivalry, the 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 rivalry between Ovechkin and Crosby, and Ovechkin and Malkin. That that player rivalry, rivalry that kind of makes me step back a little bit and and not just shrug off the Capitals. But the stats and the wins and losses speak for themselves. But the Penguins have certainly had their number the last however many seasons that they've knocked them out in the postseason.
2: You've had everyone's number. You've won two consecutive Stanley Cups. I don't really know what to
1: tell you. You have all the numbers. (laughs) Uh, Are you you a believer in the Blue Jackets or the Carolina Hurricanes, or are you just going to say they're not really a contender for us?
3: I think the Blue Jackets were were the Penguins' first-round opponent uh, during this uh, last Stanley Cup run. I think the year before, they were uh, saddled with all sorts of injuries. and I don't even think they made the postseason during the first Cup run so the the this past this past uh, uh, playoff run they were our first round opponent you crushed and them. the the style the style of play that that Columbus brings compared to the Penguins is polar opposites and Columbus plays that really rugged physical style of play whereas Pittsburgh tends to lean more on speed and skill uh, into the especially into their transition game getting into the offensive zone and i Again, I I was kind of nervous to see how these two polar opposite styles of play would mesh, and I I think a couple of injuries may have hindered the Blue Jackets' chances uh, later on during the first round uh, series against the Penguins, but that physical style wearing down an opponent, I'm not going to say that the Blue Jackets are an incredibly dirty team taking cheap shots at players, but but let's be honest, I don't think the Penguins really have – that that big rugged type of forward or defense defender that can go out there and and kind of make the Blue Jackets shy away. It it, it always is a little concerning whenever the Blue Jackets play put, play the Penguins because that physical style of play can sometimes override what you're trying to do with that speed and skill. It's a shame you
2: let Tanner Glass go then. Jeez.
3: Yeah, you guys could have had him. Yeah. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, is he still with the Rangers? No,
2: thank God. He's, nope. he's, uh, he's on a PTO with the Flames this off, uh, preseason. Oh, geez.
3: PTO with the Flames. Oh, geez. Well, how far he has fallen? <laughs> oh, we saw it.
2: We saw all of it. Oh. It was not fun.
1: Yeah. We saw Really? All of the one true God, my friend. Uh, wow. Up and down the roster. Uh, very controversial player here in New York but uh, obviously I I, I
3: don't, I'm not watching the the Rangers every season or every game for every season, but I I knew the kind of player he was here in Pittsburgh really doesn't really chip into anything offensively. He's that, that stereotypical, you know, rugged bottom fourth line winger that really doesn't do much except try to add a little bit of physicality. I, I, I haven't seen, I really haven't seen him do much of, Anything with the Rangers, and and maybe from what you guys are telling me, maybe well, uh maybe that's that's why he
1: did one thing. We did two things. He beat the shit out of people, and the second thing he did was beat Carey Price, which yeah. is <laughs> which is actually I've incredible.
2: Never, never in my life have I been more conflicted about the Rangers actually scoring a playoff goal than when Tanner Glass <laughs> one-handed backhand against Carey Price off a of faceoff. It was yeah I, I, I don't know how to put it in the words mind It was blowing. something mind blowing Greg
1: what else do we have on the odd deck here anything
2: uh well, I mean we do it with everyone and it we we kind of ask everyone a best case and worst case scenario for the penguins uh we'll we'll answer the best case for you it's a three peat so what's the worst case scenario for the penguins this year what what's the thing that can make this season unravel
3: I think worst case scenario is and I, I guess this is a weak answer, but losing one of these, one of this, one of your star players uh, to a potentially longer-term injury, especially at the wrong time of the year, but, you know, God forbid, as a Penguin fan, that they lose Evgeny Malkin or Sidney Crosby in late March, early April to some long-term injury that he he misses the majority, if not all, of the postseason. But we I saw it with Chris Letang last year, and I said. I said multiple times that there's no way without Chris LeTang and his, his skill that he brings to the ice every night that they probably even get past the Blue Jackets in the first round. And what do you know? They, they fight on without Chris LeTang and win the Stanley Cup again. So I guess I, guess I don't know much of anything, but I, I think if you lose a guy like a Crosby or a Malkin, I'm not sure that there's enough star power to pick up the slack of the other, whether it be Crosby goes down and then Evgeny Malkin picks up the slack or vice versa. I don't know if there's enough there to carry a team through four hard rounds to to win another Stanley Cup.
1: Well, I wish you the worst of luck, my friend. Uh, thank, you. thank uh, you very much we happen to have uh we we're one of the only teams to defeat you in the last couple of years so that feels pretty good but other than that that's my only hat to hang on you guys have crushed us the last two years uh not really has been it really hasn't been even a contest so i hope we have a uh a nice little rivalry going but before you go we want to ask you one nonsense question we kind of ask everybody uh age old sports question is a hot dog a sandwich
3: um well it,
1: it Okay, so there's the meat in
3: between mm-hmm. in between uh, the two side buns. Oh, no. Yep. I, I hate, the, it, I hate it, the way you're going to this. <laughs> it, so a, I, hamburger is a sandwich. There's the meat from the, in between the top bun and the bottom bun. I, yep. For a hot dog, there's the meat in between the two side buns. And a hot mm-hmm. dog and a hamburger, I guess you can put similar condiments on uh, – I would lean towards a hot dog being a sandwich. Ryan, I think every metro writer
2: blogger that we've had, uh, every rival podcast, team
1: that we absolutely hate, Greg. Yeah, that's correctly cr- correct.
2: <laughs> yeah, they all think a hot dog's a sandwich. I'm starting to think that us knowledgeables are—we uh, know what's true. Uh, People need to wake up. Uh, I don't know
1: about this. All right, let's uh, let's pimp your your media here. It's uh, it's Garrett Bihana from Pittsburgh SB Nation. What's your Twitter, buddy?
3: Uh, my Twitter is just at g bahana, so G B E H A N N
1: A. And you guys can go yell at him about the Pittsburgh Penguins all year long. Uh, we'll we'll uh, retweet out the uh, retweet. We will actually tweet out our this podcast tomorrow, and we'll timestamp the time of the, your interview, uh, and we'll be able to uh, spread the the wealth and knowledge of the great and wonderful Pittsburgh Penguins. <laughs> I
2: just I do think it's funny that the one team we haven't done yet is the Flyers, and uh, we- that's okay. <laughs> <laughs>
3: It's true, actually. Yeah, stay, stay away from stay, I think it's best for both of us here, for, for both teams, if you just want to just cancel out the Flyers Garrett, altogether. Would you, would you like to stay on them
1: stay on for two more minutes for our Flyers Metro preview? I don't
2: know if you want to hear what I have to say th- about the Flyers.
1: Garrett, thanks for staying on for it. Welcome to our, our Flyers Metro <laughs> preview. I have Garrett Pajano from Pensburg here, Greg Kaplan, uh, Blue Shirts Breakaway. Greg, uh, we want to talk about the Flyers? Oh, we do. Uh, fuck them and Rotten Hell.
2: <laughs> so we're good, now, right? We're done? That's yeah, it. we've done all
1: the Metro teams. Fuck the Flyers. Thanks so much, uh, Garrett, again, for being on here for the Metro Preview. Uh, hopefully, if we do end up being in a playoff series with you, or maybe we have a game this series, you'll come back on and we can chat about the series in general.
3: Absolutely. Absolutely. I'd
1: love it. Awesome, Garrett. Thanks so much for coming out. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for having me. Peace out, buddy. Hey, we're back again. Thanks, Garrett, so much for coming on. Uh, I'm talking Penguins with us. Uh, A wonderful guest and took everything we said uh, pretty nicely.
2: Uh, Um, Also, would just like to point out uh, hot dogs, a sandwich. I think we can confirm it. Pretty.
1: I hate this. I hate. Well, I actually like that all of our rival writers agree with you because it just makes. uh,
2: Let's review who's agreeing with me. Clendenning's agreed
1: with me. uh, He's a rival now.
2: Oh, hey, no, no. Arizona Coyotes, my friend. He ain't a rival, he's a friend. Okay, he's a desert dog. A
1: friend of the podcast, Adam Clondetting. That feels good to say, it feels good in the tongue, uh, by the way. I mean, he,
2: he definitely knows we exist. We, we, uh, we made we sure that's his phone number. We should just call him now just be like, Adam, do you want to call? Like we should You, you,
1: you want to call Adam one night, like, Adam? Uh, <laughs> um, Hey, um, bud. I just want to just want to
2: eat as much pizza as he did when I called him next
1: time. He ate a whole pizza.
2: Incredible. Whole pizza.
1: Uh, let's talk a little bit uh, about American Vandal. If you guys haven't seen this show yet, uh, I'm going to premise it and then you guys can head out. You can always follow us on Twitter at Blue Shirts Break. Thanks for listening to all the Ranger Hockey Talk today. I really love you guys, our supporters at our Patreon. Uh, big things coming. Uh, we'll announce it. The stickers have been made. Oof. The postcards are going out. The calendars I make of myself will be going out to supporters. That's right, Greg. And, uh, and, our, of and officially our website, the real one, it's coming It's like next week. So, uh, we'll be doing a launch that where else we can do some giveaways for jerseys. So if you want a Jersey from us and some, maybe some other memorabilia, stay tuned and, uh, figure out how to enter there, but let's talk American Vandal on Netflix real quick. So if He's you haven't, if you haven't seen it, you can stick around for this first part, at least, uh, we will not spoil anything. Uh, it's a mockumentary of like sort of your serial podcast or making a murder of a kid who draws dicks on cars. Uh, and that's fair assessment hashtag, of what it is, right? Hashtag who?
2: Hashtag who did the dicks? Who did the dicks?
1: Uh, and he, I cannot tell you. So we're I'm in Europe at this point, and this is hopefully the last time I'll say I was in Europe. Uh, and we're on the couch. We just watched the room.
2: By the way, Greg, have you ever watched the room? I have not. I've heard Vinny has been trying to get me to watch the room for years. I okay,
1: so. we finally watched the room. Incredible. The worst movie I've ever seen. But also, it's so fucking good. And James DeFranco is making a uh, movie about it called The Disaster Artist, uh, which we will be talking about in this podcast when that time comes. Uh, But American Vandal was on. We're like, yeah, let's watch one episode. We watched four episodes. We went to bed. We immediately watched the other four. We woke up. We were crack hook addicted. Uh, I cannot believe the tone of the show, how funny it is so quickly, uh, how how the jokes land so effortlessly, and not just that, uh, it gets serious. And the, the emotions really come across. Every single actor in this, even the side actors, are better than every single actor in the room. <laughs> it's, 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 it's something else. It's
2: fantastic. You will not, the only person you might recognize in American Vandal is um, the main dude who's accused of drawing the dicks. You may have seen him in 22 Jump Street, but even then. Oh, I didn't like, know that
1: he was in 22 Jump Street. I had no idea. Yeah, he's
2: uh, the kid with the red mohawk. Oh, I know it. Have yeah. you seen it. I have, but I haven't seen it in a while. Yeah, that's that's him. Okay. Um, but even then, it's just fantastic. And the best part about it is it's funny the whole way through, but you also never see the twists coming.
1: The twists you never see You're always excited. Like at the end of the episode, you know the cliffhanger's coming. It's slowly creeping up. And you're yeah. like, what the hell is going to happen? And then they find that one piece of information – and it's like
2: oh and then you have to watch the next episode immediately there there are real cliffhangers in this it, you know, very fake- funny very not serious <laughs> mockumentary
1: yeah it it's an amazing binge watch and if anyone out there hasn't done it uh do yourself a favor it's worth it and the casting couldn't be more Fantastic. perfect i don't know how they did it i'd have no these I, I, they have these kids
2: you know what i want you know what i want one of my dreams on this podcast i want to bring a casting director on Ooh, I, I like this now. idea. I would I don't like... know how we pull it off. I have but no I, idea. I, I hey, are
1: casting. you a casting director, or do you know a casting director? This works with some <laughs> other stuff. So, if you know a casting director, get up in touch with us. We want to talk to him.
2: Let's interview him. Just, just fantastic. Uh, throughout the eight episodes, I would say, how many people did you think in your head, dead set, fucking did it? I would say there were at least.
1: I had five at least.
2: Five. Kids. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad we're on the same page. Yeah, I think there were five where I was like, "No, nah, that mother! Oh, I can't believe I knew it the entire time." Yeah, and then like the next episode would happen, I was like, "Ah, oh, if it wasn't the other guy, I knew it was gonna be him." And, um, yeah, I honestly, this this will make sense for people that have seen it. I thought low key it might have been Ming, I, just because I agree. Like everyone, just because the excuse was it's fucking Ming, like I, that's the guy.
1: By the way, uh, Big Phil looks really good right now. I'm just throwing it out there. I'm watching I'm watching he always, so. Just so always just, just cool. crashed in the net with Nash, fucking sexy. But uh I, Ming was like so obvious. Like they're like we're, we don't have an alibi for Ming, but Ming is so great. Everyone loves Ming. Dude, it's
2: Ming. As soon as they said that I was like Ming, him and Miss Shapiro I go way back.
0: <laughs> yes. But then
2: like oh my god, it took 12 turns. It it's honestly you can watch it as a serious thing. Like go into it and just be n- assume it's not funny and it would still be good
1: yeah uh and the cuts it's high high art the shots the shots the transition shots are perfect the characters are perfect the casting is insane like the kid who plays the guy who makes the documentary looks like NPR produced him in a lab I cannot (laughs) I can't like when I first saw him and like his best friend Sam Sam steals my heart I love Sam Uh, yeah
2: Vin's a big Sam guy so I know you were gonna be a big Sam guy I was a big uh uh, like, I wanted to like Mackenzie, but she kind of ripped my heart out at the end. Yeah, well,
1: yeah, she did a little bit, but we'll, we don't want to no, spoil No, no spoilers, no. no spoilers, no spoilers.
2: No spoilers, no spoilers.
1: But, uh, def- just,
2: but I, I cannot recommend American Vandal highly enough. I think I've told, I think I've even told my parents, I was like, yeah, I know you guys don't watch television or even know what Netflix is, but buy it and just watch American
1: Vandal. It's, it's worth the $10. It's that funny. Uh, Netflix somehow continues to do it. I don't really get it. I, I did you watch all of BoJack yet?
2: Oh yeah, 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 yeah. BoJack, uh, fantastic season. I, I honestly think that it, it's, it knows it's found its rhythm. It knows exactly what it is and it hits all the beats perfectly.
1: And the show is so like emotional and deep, yep. and has all these moments like with like self realization and like actual life questioning philosophy, and yet makes me giggle like constantly uh, with all these like really like interesting visual jokes and interesting. Uh, I guess audio jokes like I don't want to I don't want to say audio but like
2: wordplay so there's there's a whole I I think it's like the second or third episode of the season that where this doesn't spoil anything the episode ends with Bojack's someone asking Bojack well what was all this for then and Bojack goes I guess nothing it was a whole waste of time and on one hand not true because obviously we learned some things about what happened in Bojack's past at the same time. Yeah, it was. It was a. It was an episode, honestly, about nothing, and the whole, the whole thing that they were doing there in the episode meant nothing, and it that like the fact that BoJack could have an episode about nothing, and still mean something, is incredible. It, just like just the season before, BoJack had a whole episode where they don't speak in the episode because he's fucking underwater.
1: The episode is so good. It's so good. Uh, it, all right. So the one criticism I've had against BoJack or heard from other people is that they started and didn't like it. I binged the whole first season for four uh, years ago when it first came out. And I have to admit, when I was first watching it, like the first six episodes are very lackluster.
2: Power through. It's worth it. I also think people go into BoJack expecting to laugh their ass off. No. BoJack is funny, but it is a very dark comedy. If you're going in there to feel good about yourself like you do for other comedies, like you would for American Vandal, you're in for a completely different ride with BoJack. I think people go into BoJack just with the wrong idea.
1: I totally agree. Uh, but worth worth ride. the ride. The Blue Shirt Rakeaway recommendation of the week is BoJack and American Vandal.
2: I would, I would do, I would do Vandal first. I, you're wasting time by not watching Vandal right now. I totally agree. I do want to bring up Vandal. Out, Vandal had that, Vandal had that slow burn. I didn't know anything about Vandal until the week before it was released.
1: Yeah, me either. I had no idea. I saw a trailer like three days uh, before we watched it in Europe. I was like, "This looks pretty funny. We should watch it." People were talking about it, and then yep. it, it was crack, absolute crack. I do want to point out we haven't done our World War uh, II podcast yet. Uh, and I do want to get that going soon. I am reading a book right now. Uh, Oh, good
2: for you. Show off. I don't really read, so
1: this is weird. Uh, You were
2: on an airplane for like 100 hours.
1: I was, yeah. Uh, I'm reading this book called Blitzed, Drug Use in the Third Reich. Uh, I have to tell you, absolutely amazing. Interesting. Uh, And I I do want to break it down sort of on that podcast of of, of Mm. some of the decisions that were made under heavy drug-induced leaders uh is very interesting and changes my uh perspective on some of the war time decisions a lot
2: well the good news is world war ii isn't going anywhere it's not like it's going to start well (laughs)
1: yeah well you know hey hey stick to sports yeah we've
2: already done that let's move on
1: all right uh i think we've covered everything today bud i think we're good all right man uh listen it's been a hell of a podcast
2: it's been a long one was not expecting this to be long i was expecting this one to be an hour
1: uh, yeah, got a little more than that. Uh, we're actually going to go mm-hmm. do 10 more minutes for our Patreon subscribers or our premium edition. Uh, we're going to talk about oh, Car- yeah. Carmelo Anthony and some other stuff. Uh, and uh, we'll be heading over there now. But thanks, everyone, for listening today. Uh, it's been an honor being your podcast host, uh,
2: co-host, whichever you want to call it. And uh, next, follow- next week, big, stinky podcast, multiple guests. We're talking Ranger season preview. We'll have, by then, answers to the Anderson, Hedel, Pionk, Stall Holden questions. We'll have everything. We'll know everything. The season is on the doorstep. Ten days. And
1: uh, and guys, buckle your seats because uh, we're going to do a lot of shit this season. So
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. stay tuned, my friends. Love you all. We'll see you. Bye bye.